Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening. Here we go. Magic Pisces Podcast, episode 30-something, about 4,000 downloads, roughly 100 an episode. Looking to grow that. If you'd like to be a guest, if you have something that you would like to contribute to the field of the Magic Pisces Podcast, and you've got something that you think the listeners will find to be worthwhile, email me at transform at Magic Pisces, and we'll see if it's a fit. i got to start getting guests. Got to start getting guests. Got to start building the audience. Got to start interviewing people. Interviewing people is really fun. Interviewing people is something that I'm good at and I'm not doing, therefore I am out of integrity. What you going to do about that? Your integrity is your access to, is, uh, integrity is your access point to essentially transforming your life, making things uh, happen that you would like to happen or that are meant to happen for you and through you. So God will very often poke you, say, hey, do this, hey, write that, hey, record this, hey, make this song, hey, do a podcast tribute episode to Eddie Van Halen. Um, and your job is then to do that. And if you do that, you will find that you are led in the direction of amazing things happening. So Eddie Van Halen died, and that's terrible. That just fucking sucks. Uh, Eddie Van Halen was a caliber, a genius of the absolute highest caliber. Um, if it, This is a person who was uh, given a gift, given a, a gift. Give me a second here. Something going on with my microphone I can't quite put my finger on. But uh, back to Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen was given a gift. Uh, God, he, she, it, the universe, whatever you'd like to call that omnipotent being that permeates the fabric of the all that exists inside me and exists inside you, uh, gave Eddie Van Halen a gift. Now, all of us have gifts. All of us have gifts given to us by God. Some of them are a little harder to find than others. Uh, so it's, it's a little harder for, for some of us to find our gifts than it is for others, but all of us have gifts. Now, uh, Eddie Van Halen was born to play the guitar. It's one thing to be born to, to do something. It's another thing to do it. And so, you know, if you, if you listen to the music of Van Halen, it is absolutely of divine origin. I li just listened to Van Halen 2. Uh, the album Van Halen 2, and it is astonishing the sounds and the manipulation of fields of ultimately information uh, and resonance and harmonics and all of it. Like, there's just this field. Uh, the, the music of Van Halen was a field. Um, there are fields all over the place, attractor fields, as David Hawkins uh, refers to them, and which I uh, believe that they are to truly be, that there are fields all over the place, sort of like birds of a feather flocking together. You'll see a, a group of birds flying in a formation, and that formation sort of shifts and mutates if you watch it. Um, that's uh, that's a field. That's a, an attractor field. And the field uh, that Van Halen transmitted through was an absolutely fascinating one to be witness to. And again, Eddie Van Halen was a genius, and he honored that genius. So he had the gift, and he picked up the guitar, and he played, and he practiced, and he practiced, and he practiced. I heard him in an, a relatively recent interview 
um, where he was talking about how he couldn't afford effects pedals. So I think he he built his first guitar. He just like put it together himself. I don't. I I, I might not be right about that. I, I might be wrong about that. But I believe he just built his first guitar, like strung the thing together, right, and then couldn't afford effects pedals. So he just decided, well, I can't afford effects pedals, so I'll make my own effects. And he just he just learned to play the thing so good that like his own effects just came out of this guitar that he put together. Um, and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced. And the thing about being a genius is it doesn't mean that you, uh, like there are lots of people who are geniuses. I know people who are geniuses who waste their genius. Um, I have genius within me. I do not always harder it, harness it or honor it, uh, to the fullest extent that I could. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. So, um, you know Eddie Van Halen. If you if you listen to his music, I mean it's it's the it's the it's the 70s, 80s, and 90s version of like the Sistine Chapel, right? Where I I you know Michelangelo just laid on his back and painted this freaking thing for however long. Like the music of Van Halen is of that caliber. It is God has given uh, God gave Eddie Van Halen a gift and he did something to it. He did the equivalent of laying on his back and painting the Sistine Chapel with a rock and roll band and a guitar. Um, now the rest of the band was totally awesome too. I mean David David Lee Roth is an amazing singer. He really is. And they were also incredibly smart business people. I saw a uh, an interview with David Lee Roth on the Seth Rogen podcast, or the Joe Rogan podcast, rather, uh, where he's talking about how they, you know, they were very strategic in what songs they played in what neighborhoods in uh, all around Los Angeles and Dance the Night Away, which is one of my all-time favorite riffs in the quite possibly my single favorite rift in riff in the history of music um of of my musical listening career or whatever you want to call it uh he um that 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 song is cha-cha-cha it's 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 has a a latin flair to it and they would go to uh, neighborhoods in East Los Angeles, and they would play that song because it got the Hispanics moving, <laughs> um, because it had this cha-cha-cha thing, and they were very strategic. They were very, uh, very business-minded. I believe that Van Halen also opened for the Circle Jerks at some point in time. Now, the the technicality, you know, of the the the, the technical contrast of those two bands. Um, it's, you know, it's like night and day, but there was something about Van Halen that was very much punk rock sort of in its essence. There was something about Van Halen that was just punk as fuck. I never saw Van Halen. I did see the Circle Jerks one time, I want to say in 2002, and it was one of the best punk rock shows I ever saw, hands down. I saw them at the Aggie Theater in Fort Collins, Colorado, and all... Uh, opened for them, and that was one of the best punk rock shows I ever saw. Uh, one of the amazing things of living in Fort Collins, Colorado about that time was the, the caliber of punk rock music that you got access to on a regular basis it was just mind-blowing. It was just astonishing to be a part of that scene. But anyway, you know, Eddie Van Halen, may you rest in peace. Um, may you be playing that beautiful guitar in the sky. Um, there's this song on the second Van Halen album called Spanish Fly, and it's just Eddie Van Halen on a uh, classical guitar. And he's just, what he does with the guitar is 
it's 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 absolutely fascinating. It's it's living proof that he can do anything. Now, my friend Peter, uh, my friend Peter Vesinov, um, he one time suggested that Steve Vai um, is a better electric guitar player than Eddie Van Halen. He said this on Facebook to me in a Facebook comment section one day, and like I went and checked out Steve Vai. Yes, maybe perhaps technically Steve Vai is better at the actual playing of the instrument, but the delivery of Eddie Van Halen I find to be superior. Uh, the thing I love about Van Halen is it's like one three-minute song after another. It's like three to four-minute songs, two and a half minute to four-minute songs. Perfect song length. Steve Vai does this like crazy kind of uh, uh, crazy kind of theatrical sort of super cheesy glammy thing that. Uh, although his guitar playing is thoroughly amazing and thoroughly astonishing and thoroughly out of this world, um, at the same time, I'm just kind of like, really, Steve Vai? And he's got this stage p- p- presence that's just kind of hilarious to witness. Very humble guy, though. My friend Peter Basinov told me he met him one time and he was truly humble. And uh, Steve Vai actually has a song called uh, Living, no, Whispering a Prayer. It's one of the most beautiful magnificent most perfect musical creations or any type of creation it's one of the most beautiful creations to ever be manifest into uh reality it's a song called whispering a prayer by steve Vai. you can find a live version on it some of it somewhere on uh, itunes check it out steve Vai whispering a prayer listen to all the van halen it's it's amazing even the van hagar stuff you know, although it really is just so awful with uh, with 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 Sammy Hagar singing, uh, if you just wait for the solo, you know, just wait for Eddie to come in and do his thing, and you'll just be transported to another place. Um, that music is of God. You know, on a side note, uh, it's it's amazing to to see the way that God chooses to create through other human beings. You know. Um, it's a goddamn shame that, you know, all those Catholic priests are into molesting little boys and, uh, because, and that the church basically protects them, harbors them. Um, it's a shame because if you step into, uh, one of the things I miss about Chicago more than anything else is spending time in the cathedrals, particularly Holy Name Cathedral, uh, right downtown, which is more modern. And then there is a cathedral in Lakeview uh, called St. Alphonsus, and it is one of the most, uh, like walking through the doors of that cathedral is like stepping into heaven. It's just like stepping into heaven. I can't even describe the beauty of of the experience or the the beauty uh, of the of the architecture and the experience that that beauty creates inside. And I just used to go sit in that cathedral and just be with God, just talk to God, and then I go and you know kneel in front of the Jesus on one side. They had actual real candles that you could light, you know, like they weren't like the fake electric candles they were real candles i think they still have real candles in there so i'd kneel in front of the jesus and i'd be like yo jesus and then i'd go kneel in front of the mary and i'd be like hey mary and i would just hang out there and sometimes i would do visualization meditations but the architecture the construction of saint alphonsus cathedral was absolutely mind-blowing and it was kind of a sort of a funny story Uh, one day i was in there it was after a, a business networking breakfast i used to go to in lakeview I just wandered in there one day and was just like, oh my God, this is like my new hangout, right? And uh, and the priest came in to do a, a service one day and I was completely and totally 
stricken by this person's homily. He just, he just, um, his, he, he brought me closer to God. And so there's this part of me that like wanted to talk to him and to get into relationship with him and to find out what his take on the whole thing is. Cause some, some, you know, religious people are just truly spiritual masters, I believe. And, uh, so I went and I did a little research on him. I forget his name, but it turned out he was accused of molestation. He was accused of like exposing himself to like a 14 year old boy or something in the locker room. And I was like, what? That's fucked up in like the 90s. And so he wasn't, I think this is why he, um, I think this is why he um, was only allowed to do like the mid-morning services, not like the Sunday service, because uh, he was a molester. But, you know, the plot thickened when I ended up um, being a support, a person of support to a person in an anonymous program who is also a priest. Um, I ended up sponsoring a priest in a, a recovery program, an anonymous recovery program, who was very close personal friends with this guy, with this other priest who was accused of molestation. And he told me that it was, he told me that it was made up. He's like, no, it's a lie. It, he's, he said he didn't, um, he didn't do it. And I said, are you sure? And he said, I'm positive. Um, he's my friend. And, and it was his dark night of the soul. It was his test from God. And, and then he said, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of priests who are molesters. He told me that there were a lot of, uh, after spending time in a monastery, or the, I think it's a monastery, he spent time, you know, in, a, in the, um, the, the, the place where priests hang out. I think it's called a monastery before they become actual priests. And he said that it's all, he said that there's a lot of vibration. And he said that you could actually uh, intuit which priests were in there for the right reasons and which ones were in there for the wrong reasons. And um, he said that uh, there were a lot of gay men in there. You could just tell that a lot of priests were gay. And he also said that uh, a lot of them were molesters or a significant percentage of them were molesters. And um, it's disturbing that the Catholic Church uh, essentially chooses to harbor um, molesters because they're not, they're not um, subject to the law. They're only subject to, to Catholic law. Um, side note. So that's kind of what happened to me when I stepped into St. Alphonsus Cathedral that one day. Uh, I was present to the beauty of the architecture. I was moved by the homily. I found out the homilist was a molester or an alleged molester. And then I was reassured uh, by one of my uh, the people who I was helping through this difficult journey of recovery. I was reassured by him that the priest was in fact not a molester. He also told me that the priest would be happy to talk to me. This is before I had a podcast. Maybe I'll reach out to him. <laughs> Who knows? Um, stay tuned to the Magic Pisces podcast. But, um, you know, magic and miracles are available to us all the time. I've been reading this amazing book. It's called Practically Speaking, um, Matrix Energetics and Living Your Infinite Potential by Melissa Joy, Melissa Joy Johnson. Jansen, rather. Yeah, Johnson, but it's J-O-N-S-S-O-N, Melissa Joy Johnson, practically speaking. And it's just all about, it's so fun, it's just all about miracles and um, how you can essentially um, just sort of make all sorts of things happen in reality that in reality that you don't think are possible to happen. And we get caught in these very rigid types of uh, patterns of thinking, ways of being, and if you have any, um, if you have any sort of armchair understanding um, regarding the nature of quantum physics, um, you will you will know that 
what's happening, what, what happens in reality all the time is that we are continually collapsing the wave function and we are taking infinite possibilities and, they are col and we are collapsing them into what we know as our current and present realities. I would encourage anyone to do a little bit of research on um, uh, the double slit experiment. You can, I believe there's a, a video by Fred Allen Wolf. He calls himself Dr. Quantum. He's like my favorite quantum physicist. Dr. Quantum cartoons on YouTube where he describes the he describes the double slit experiment. Uh, the double slit experiment is absolutely mind-blowing to wrap your head around. I discovered a book on quantum physics when I was totally fucked up on heroin about, this would have been 14 years ago now. In Barnes & Noble, I was in Barnes & Noble like high on heroin for whatever reason I was doing in Barnes & Noble, I don't know. Probably book shopping, that's what I was doing because I still had an interest in learning back then despite what I was going through and I got this book called Quantum, A Guide for the Perplexed. It's all about quantum physics, I still have it. And in this book, there's this um, description of what is referred to as the double slit experiment. I'm not going to try to explain it. Um, go ahead and do a little research on your own. Just do a little uh, research on the double slit experiment and quantum physics, and you will discover that electrons, atoms, have these. They have infinite intelligence built into them. Um, you will also, if you go, you know, further beyond that, you will understand that quantum physicists were discovering in you know the 19th and 20th and now 21st centuries um, what ancient mystics have often been privy to. Um, which is that, you know, reality, this whole thing that we call reality or think is reality is not what we, in fact, think it is. It's this completely uh, morphable, malleable, quantum field of infinite possibilities, right? And this book I'm reading, Practically Speaking, is a sub, it's like a side project of this, this bigger field, field of possibilities known as matrix, matrix energetics, um, which I got really into about, I want to say, nine or ten years ago. I was really into this matrix energetic stuff. It was invented or created by this guy, Dr. Richard Bartlett, and he's got a book called The Physics of Miracles. He's also got a book that's just called um, Matrix Energetics. And I got into these two books, and I'm revisiting them um, from this sort of new, more expanded place of possibility. And, you know, one of the principles of miracles as laid out in the course in miracles is that I'm in, that you're entitled to miracles. Miracles are your birthright, right? Everybody's entitled to miracles. And when a miracle does not happen, something has gone wrong. So your job is to get the hell out of the way and allow miracles to work through you. Case in point, Saturday night, I'm like chilling, maxing and relaxing, minding my own fucking business. And I'm like, God, I need a, like a miracle to happen in you know my, my romantic life. Can I have a miracle? I just dropped down in my heart. So, so this is the other thing about miracles. You want to be in the field of your heart. So practice dropping out of that crazy brain of yours, like I'm going to do right now. Take a big deep breath. Drop into your heart. Feel the field of your heart, which I believe has 5,000 times the power or the vibration or the frequency of your brain. Your heart is incredibly intelligent. It has an intelligence built into it in which it communicates with the intelligence of your brain. Drop into your heart and feel what is going on in that torsion field. Right? 
So on Saturday night, I dropped into my heart and I said, give me a miracle, right? And uh, um, I don't know, my phone, <laughs> I get a text, I don't know, a few minutes later. Actually, it was probably during the day on Saturday that I was asking for miracles and just expecting them. And I get this text Saturday night and it's this girl I've been very openly uh, overtly flirting with on Facebook for months now. And she sends me a text, hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Can I come over? I'm like, sure, come on over. <laughs> she comes over and uh, she came over, if you followed the last episode, she came over to my TP um, and we hung out in my uh, uh, comfortably window unit, air conditioned mobile home unit bedroom. And we just had a nice time, you know, talking, basically, we just kind of talked and we were like, Oh, this is who you are. She's like, Oh, this is who you are. And we discovered that, you know, perhaps there might be some compatibility there. And so we're going to hang out a little more. Um, And that's cool. You know, all I did was ask for a miracle, ask for reality as I had collapsed it, the wave function in which I had collapsed that I had collapsed reality into, I asked for it to become something different and it did. And it was that simple. So if you just sort of drop down into the field of your heart and place an intention regarding what you might like to happen or what might God like, what God might like to happen for you and just get the hell out of the way, um, you will, you, you might see miracles unfolding. Now, miracles typically don't look like Red Seas parting, but who knows, they could. Um, there is a concept called Samyukti, S, I believe it's S-A-M-U-I-K-T-I. Let me check on that real quick. It's, it's pronounced Samyukti, but I can't, uh, I, I can't find the spelling of it on Google, so I'm missing it because the person I'm hearing it from has an accent. So is it a mind that is in the state of Samyukti? which is this guy, Sadguru. I've been listening to his videos on YouTube, S-A-D-G-U-R-U, Sadguru. He says, a mind which is in a state of Samyukti, you know, basically if your mind is in a state of Samyukti, which is when your emotions, your body, your life force energy, and your mind are all aligned and your mind is very disciplined, you can basically make whatever the hell you want happen. Whatever you would like to happen, happen when your mind is in a state of Samyukti. And um, I, I, when I'm in the ocean and I'm surfing, I put my mind into a state of samyukti. I imagine the wave. I visualize the wave. I put myself in harmony with the flow. And I, you know, the surfer term would be slaughter the wave count. I always get a lot of waves when my mind is in the proper state. Now, I can very easily be thrown out of that state by like another surfer. Another surfer said something kind of lame to me the other day, like, dude, you always sit in my way. And there's a lot of etiquette to surfing, and I always get a lot of waves because I'm always in the right spot. The person in the spot, the person in the right spot gets the wave. I don't bitch when someone else is in the right spot. I don't whine and bitch and moan about them getting all the waves. I just know that my day will come. Every surfer has his day. But if my mind is in a state where my mind, where it is aligned, if my mind is in a state where it is aligned with my body, my life force energy, and my emotions, Things will happen in my reality. Miracles will unfold. Miracles will unfold in your reality when your mind, your thinking, your emotions, and your life force energy, your chi is all aligned. That is the access point to manifestation. That is the access point to miracles unfolding. So, you know, back to Eddie Van Halen, his mind was very much in a state of Samyukti where all of it was aligned, right? And then and then the integrity pieces, Van Halen had to load their gear in a van and drive around Los Angeles in the late 70s and early 80s and start playing gigs until they got huge. And, and so 
uh, honoring your genius requires integrity, and all of us have a genius living inside of us. All of us have a genius inside of us that is yearning for a deeper, fuller, richer expression of what it very simply already is. So what is the genius that lives inside of you that is saying, honor me, be with me, honor honor me, express me, let me be more of who I am. Liz Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert, talks about this in her book, um, Big Magic. She says, ideas will implant themselves into your consciousness because they are seeking an expression through you, not anybody else, you. And if you don't honor them, they'll just go and find somebody else. So what are the ideas that are trying to poke themselves through into your reality? I know several geniuses. Jimmy Durrell a uh, an avid listener to the, of the Magic Pisces podcast is a fucking he's a genius. Um, he has been working in Englewood in uh, the uh, in the south side of Chicago, I believe, like right, pretty much right at 63rd and Ashland. I don't have to be right about that. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy D. Uh, but he he he. It takes a certain type of spirit to be able to show up to that job every day for decades and make a difference in the lives of predominantly African-American youth. It takes a certain type of spirit to be able to uh, live with the loss of students to gun violence on a very regular basis. It takes a certain type of spirit to be able to show up for life in what very much amounts to almost a Mother Teresa type of way. Um, it takes a certain type of spirit to be able to withstand all of that. And that is the definition and the expression of genius on this planet. And the genius was there. He showed up for the genius. He shows up for the genius every day. Uh, <laughs> Z-Man, Mr. Zenovi Margules, one of my favorite people in the entire planet, uh, uh, also a genius, very much a genius in his own uh, little, very unique way, and currently the leader of the Z the Zeanon movement, which suggests that uh, birds are actually government spies. And I'm inclined to believe <laughs> I'm inclined to believe him. This is what we need. We need more Zeanon conspiracy stuff in the world, as opposed to like all the other fucking crap. You know, we just need to start making things up. <laughs> Just make something fun up that lightens the, you know, that, 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 that in lifts, what's the word I'm looking for? Just make something up that lifts other people's spirits. Go out and lift someone's spirit today. Go out and be a good person. You going out and being a good person and tipping the barista and smiling at that person that cuts you off in traffic genuinely, you getting over your anger in any given moment, you stopping hating the president, you stopping being just nuts over all the shit that's going on in social media, just for a second, and just choosing to connect to something greater, a higher, greater, grander version of yourself, that uplifts the entire planet. You uplifting yourself uplifts the entire planet. You forgiving someone in your experience uplifts the entire uh, planet. You letting something go that your ego wants to cling to and be right about uh, uplifts the entire fucking planet 
planet. You deciding to fucking get over yourself and just be a good person and not argue with that asshole on social media, um, which makes you an asshole, uplifts the entire fucking planet. You saying a simple prayer of gratitude for living in this amazing time and place uplifts the entire fucking planet. So what will you do to in, to uplift the planet today? Do it. Talk to you next time on the Magic Pisces podcast. Thank you always for listening. Bye-bye.